The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back here, folks, to The Chris and Joe Show for another off-season episode as today we will be discussing the Philadelphia Eagles, what to know about their offseason, what to expect for this 2021 year. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my co-host, as always, Chris Flum. We are here, part of Big Blue View. Make sure you hit that subscribe button not to miss, so you don't miss out on our show, as well as any other shows on our stream. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening in. It really helps us out. And then also head to BigBlueView.com for more fantastic Giants analysis. So folks, as I said, we're going to go through all of the NFC East teams, and then we're also as many opponents on the Giants schedule as we really can to get a feel for what to expect in 2021. And when you're not talking about the Giants, it's easy to miss out on some things that teams did over the offseason. Like before we started recording, we really noticed that the Eagles didn't have many free agent acquisitions or moves separate from really one big name. The rest were just retaining guys, bringing in small names, and we're going to get to that. But the overall goal is to familiarize you folks with who the Giants are playing, and today is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, as I said. So our first point of discussion is going to be offseason improvements, how this team has improved, things that have been added, players that have been added, and how that has made this roster better. And the first clear-cut one has to be Devonta Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama, a player who they traded up with the Dallas Cowboys to get ahead of the Giants, to draft him just despite the Giants. And then you can also throw in there, Chris, if you want, the the addition of Landon Dickerson as well because both of these Alabama players are talented and they're at positions of need because their receiving group last year was terrible. And then in addition to that, their offensive line was pretty messy because they didn't have a whole lot of depth. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. Uh, the Eagles receiving core I don't think really scared anybody in the NFL like I'm not sure there was a secondary group maybe apart from their own that their wide receivers really scared on the field so assuming Devonta Smith can play like he did the last two years at Alabama you know 
uh, those of you who listened to us during our draft run up know that we had we had our our concerns. We'll say to say about whether or not Devonta Smith is just physically big enough to really compete in the NFL at the same level he did at Alabama. If he is able to do that, then he is a pretty big upgrade and a much needed upgrade to that wide receiving core. And also, you know, Landon Dickerson is a guy I think we both really liked coming off of that Alabama offensive line. You know, he was a very good center for them. He does have injury concerns, but if yeah, if their offensive line, their starting offensive line is kind of the mess it was last year, then Dickerson could slot in and at probably either of the guard positions or the center position, just kind of as needed. And that is a really good value for them. And that could be a pretty big piece for their offense, at least this year. Yeah, that Landon Dickerson addition by drafting him was really an underrated move. And I, I don't think Landon Dickerson was one of the more elite prospects in the interior in this class, but he still is a talented guy, a guy that is technically sound. And that's really what they needed last year. They didn't really have anybody to turn to when all of these injuries started to happen. And we're starting to see that Jason Kelsey is really not as good as he used to be. He's not moving at the same speed as he was previously, and that was really holding him back. So Landon Dickerson eventually going to take over that center spot, but he's also capable of playing either of those guard spots. So Landon Dickerson, great addition for this offensive line. Maybe he doesn't plug in right away, but I can't imagine that they're going to be hesitant in getting an early draft pick onto the field as long as he's going to be healthy. Devonta Smith, though, is a major, major move for them. And this is going to be a big-name player for this team for a very long time, which is going to be so frustrating, Chris, to see every single year this guy who could have been and likely would have been a New York Giant facing off against the Giants twice a season. So he's probably going to be in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year, depending on how well Jalen Hurts plays. Right now, I look at this receiving group, Chris, and I don't think it's too crazy to say that Devonta Smith is the best receiver in this group. I mean, like, who else is he competing with? Jalen Rager is more of a home run hitter than a consistent receiving threat. And now Devonta Smith can take over that X receiver role, this primary target role, and allow Jalen Rager to be that speed guy, that, that home run hitting receiver. Yeah, and I think one thing to keep in mind is that there's going to be a much shorter learning curve between Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts than I think we're really used to used to seeing. And that was kind of a common theme, particularly in the first round of the NFL draft this year, is that teams went out and got players their quarterbacks were familiar with. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith played together at Alabama before Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma, transferred to Oklahoma because, you know, he there it was inevitable that Tua Tagovailoa was going to be the starting quarterback for Alabama. He was the starting Hurts that is was the starting quarterback for Alabama and he won a lot of games for them and he already has that rapport with Devonta Smith. They know each other, they know each other's tendencies, they know how to communicate. So that could allow them to get up to speed and get to be productive really pretty early on in this season and in 
Devonta Smith's career. Yeah, that's really going to be uh, one of the things that comes into this established relationship. Things are going to be already clicking for them early because of all the practice time they spent together when they were at Alabama. And I'm willing to bet that as soon as that pick was in, there was probably immediate communication between the two. And it's certainly something that both sides are going to be excited about. So this is a a good addition for Jalen Hurts, who coming into his second year might be the biggest, one of the biggest question marks at quarterback out of any NFL team, if he is going to be a definitive answer or not. But Devontae Smith is a little bit more uh, an answerable question of knowing what he is going to be. Can he play coherently and consistently with Jalen Hurts remains to be seen. The other addition uh, or improvement, rather, Chris, is, is that of adding Ryan Kerrigan. Now, if this was five years ago, I think I'd be saying, wow, this is a fantastic addition. He's a great edge rusher. He is going to be a dangerous player. And we talked about it a little bit when he signed with the Eagles. But when you look at their whole free agency, this is the only really recognizable name that stands out. And a team that lost some defensive line players like Malik Jackson, a team that is regressing and getting older on the defensive side of the football I think anybody like Ryan Kerrigan is a plus just because he's a veteran guy. He's consistent. He'll cause some problems, but he's not the same player that he used to be. Yeah, no. This is the thing we talked about with Nick Filato is that Ryan Kerrigan has pretty much long been, his whole career has been a giant killer. And it should give the Giants at least a little bit of a pause to see him staying in the NFC East and really going to a team that the Giants have struggled against for pretty much all of the last decade. And that is noteworthy. But like you said, he isn't the same player he was uh, even three, certainly five years ago. Yeah, He is losing a step. He isn't an every down edge rusher anymore. But he is a guy who can help their defense if they can get into uh, second or third and long situations, just obvious pass rushing situations. You know, he can still beat offensive tackles. He can still apply pressure to the quarterback and get the quarterback on the ground. He has been, you know, really remarkably consistent in being able to do that throughout his career, even as he's lost a step. Yeah, even though he has lost a step, a guy like that, a guy like Ryan Kerrigan, who has been so disruptive for so long, is only going to drop off so much. Now, the last thing, Chris, that is a little bit more figurative, I, I guess, is that this this team improved in the sense that they're probably going to be more healthy than they were last year. There were a ton of injuries along their offensive line, inconsistencies with guys being available to play to a point where it was a, a who's who on the offensive line. Jordan Melata was a nice surprise, but separate from that, they had to plug in and play a ton of random players along their offense. There were defensive injuries. Um, All of that stuff comes into play, which really led to a disastrous season in 2020 because of all those injuries. It looked like that they were going to win the NFC East had they not dealt with some of these issues that they were dealing with in the second half. But now, coming into 2021, they should be more healthy across the board. And I think the big thing for me here is the health of the offensive line 
Because if you have Lane Johnson, you have Brandon Brooks, you have a decent Jason Kelsey, maybe you plug in Landon Dickerson, and then Jordan Maylotta can slot in at that and on either tackle spot if you're willing to go with him again. That's a pretty good offensive line if that's what they're rolling with. Yeah, I, I would say that as long as that offensive line is able to stay healthy, it should be good enough for them to at least be competitive. Like that that offensive line group shouldn't hold them back. It doesn't really have any liabilities on it as long as they're healthy. Now, you know, as we saw last year, that that is kind of easier said than done. Really, the Eagles last year kind of reminded me of the Giants, kind of in the middle or towards the the end of Tom Coughlin's tenure when they were the reigning injury dynasty. And you never knew exactly which position group was going to get wiped out by injury. But at at some point, you just knew you were going to find out what the bottom of at least one position group's depth chart looked like, and it wasn't going to be pretty. So if the Eagles can stay healthy, that could be the biggest thing for them this year, where just having their intended starters on the field, you know, they showed they could be competitive in the NFC East with their starting roster. The trick, w- the trick really could be just keeping those guys on the field for 17 games. Yeah, keeping all those guys healthy and available is going to be so crucial for any success on this team. And the other thing, too, that I completely glazed over, Andre Dillard, who they drafted very highly a couple years ago, was the biggest injury that they dealt with early on who's probably going to be playing left tackle for them at the start of this season. So they actually have some pretty good depth if they're fully healthy with their O-line. It's just, again, a matter of if all of these older guys are available to play because you know we're, we're looking at Jalen Hurts, who is able to throw off structure a little bit better than some other guys in the NFL, but you don't really want a second-year quarterback running for his life. We saw what happened with Daniel Jones the Eagles do not want that to be uh, what's happening for Jalen Hurts in this 2021 season. Their success is going to be really dependent on the health of that offensive line that just seemingly every single year has not really been very, very healthy. Coming up, we're going to talk about their offseason regressions, and you could imagine there were some pretty big steps down for this Eagles team. Before we get to that, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 
Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Chris, the first regression that I'm going to point to here is losing Carson Wentz. And I know that a lot of people might be hearing me make that statement and might already be saying to themselves, that's not a regression. Carson Wentz was terrible at the end of his time with the Eagles. And there's a reason why he's on the Colts now. And he's he's probably better off there. But the reason why I'm saying that this is a regression is because we're not entirely sure that Jalen Hurts is a step forward. If this is not at least a lateral move, which a lateral move is not going to be good. If he plays the same way that Carson Wentz did last year, this will be a step back. But if if Jalen Hurts does not look as good as people are hoping for and are expecting, it could be very problematic for this Eagles team. And that has to be the big overlapping headline and question mark for this Eagles roster in 2021 is that is Jalen Hurts the guy for the future or is he a placeholder that they will eventually replace in the next draft cycle? Uh, yeah, I think that really is the question with this offense. And you know, let me let me just say this. I like Jalen Hurts. I liked watching him in college. I liked watching him at Alabama. I liked watching him at Oklahoma. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he is a good leader. I think he's a good teammate. And I think he's a guy who can be a winner. Yeah, He's certainly not the prototypical NFL quarterback. He is able to make his skill set work for him. Now, will he be able to take steps in the upcoming season? I don't know. You know, we didn't see a whole lot of him last year for most of the year. He was a guy they brought on in some kind of funky two quarterback packages. Uh, you know, occasionally as a uh, option quarterback, occasionally even running screens out, you know, on passes from Carson Wentz. But then at the end of the year, we did get to see him on field and he was good enough for the Eagles to be in games and to threaten wins. But he also really needs to take some significant steps forward in just in terms of efficiency. You know, he he did some impressive things with just his combined running and passing. But to win in the NFL, you really need to be able to throw as a quarterback. And yeah, he only completed 52% of his passes. He threw six touchdowns in four games, which is or in four starts rather, which is ni- a nice start, but he also threw four interceptions. And his yards per attempt and adjusted net yards per attempt were, you know, pretty lackluster. And he had a relatively high sack percentage, you know, a little over 8%. So while he did some things that are, that could bode well for the Eagles with the right development, he also showed some things that say, you know, you know, he is at best a lateral move. He's not going to be that kind of winner that he was at Alabama and Oklahoma. He certainly isn't the same kind of prospect that uh, Tua Tagovailoa is or Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray were. So, you know, it's very possible the Eagles could be looking for another new quarterback next year. 
Right. The mixed bag of results from Jalen Hurts is what makes this so hard to really predict what he's going to be because you see a lot of good things. He makes some good throws. He makes some good plays with his legs. He goes from being, as you said, a sub-package guy into the de facto starter and does okay, really, when he was stepping in. The completion percentage is definitely a concern. And a lot of what I saw from Jalen Hurts is a guy that when things break down, everyone wants to talk about, yeah, he's a great athlete. But I, I think when the ability to pick up yards with his legs is not there and available, I see a guy that doesn't have a plan. And oftentimes, I, I just a lot of inconsistencies with his accuracy. That's a problem if you're a quarterback in the NFL. You need to be accurate. I know that's so simple to say, but you have to have consistency with ball placement. No matter how good Devontae Smith ends up becoming, you're not going to produce results if you can't get him the football. And the reason why he Devontae Smith was able to do well with Mac Jones was because they made things really simple for the both of them. They got him the football as easily as possible with screens and various plays like that, quick routes. Maybe that's the the avenue for making this offense work in 2021, but Chris, that leads into the next point here as a potential regression. I know Doug Peterson was not exactly the pinnacle of, of head coaching towards his end. He was struggling towards the end, but he's still a good head coach, a guy that won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as the starting quarterback. That is a sign of being a good coach. And this is very similar to moving from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts, that being the question of, is it a lateral move? Moving from Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni, is that a lateral move? We won't know until some results have been produced, but many people are really questioning if Sirianni was the best available candidate for this Eagles team. And his primary... I think uh, issue that he is going to deal with this season is getting Jalen Hurts to produce results in his second year in the NFL. If he stays stagnant or maybe even takes a step back, then you not only are questioning the aptitude of Nick Sirianni as a head coach who's supposed to be able to influence quarterbacks as an offensive-minded guy, but then it also puts a bigger question mark on if Jalen Hurts can be the guy if he can't outdo poor coaching. So th- I think Sirianni leads into that next big possible regression for this team. Yeah, uh, Sirianni is, he is, he could be a good move for them at head coach. Yeah, I like what he did with the Indianapolis Colts as their offensive coordinator. Yeah, I liked how they used Eric Ebron back before, Andrew Luck retired and you know that what the Colts offense was certainly in a put in a an awkward position last year but Sirianni's offenses have been very efficient you know they really don't turn the ball over much at all which could play to help Jalen Hurts and you know that really efficient connect developing that really efficient connection between Hurts and Smith and he is good at kind of training defenses and then calling shots. And by that, I mean specifically how he used Eric Ebron. You know, we kind of expected him to be a you know, a big-time weapon and a big-time acquisition by the Colts, but he was really used more like a, a sniper for their offense where they didn't use him a whole lot, but when they used him, it was in big moments, and they got very good use out of him. They, got, they were very efficient using him, and that could 
work out well for Jalen Rieger, who, as you said in the first first half, could have a natural role as that big play threat. So if they've got a guy dev- designing the offense who knows how to get the ball to those guys when they can do the absolute most for the offense, that could bode well. But on the other hand, uh, Sirianni only has three seasons as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, He is really a question mark. And the NFC East, really nowhere in the NFL, but I would say the NFC East more than a lot of divisions, that it has a way of chewing up coaches and spitting them out. You know, it was kind of remarkable how long Tom Coughlin was able to survive in the NFC East. You know, not only does it have a bunch of big media markets and just rabid fan bases, but the division is always competitive. You know, even last year when it was a dumpster fire, within that dumpster fire, it was competitive and it times it seemed like nobody actually wanted to win, but the various teams played each other hard. So Sirianni, if he isn't able to really put his own stamp on this team and not just the offense, but get everybody moving in the, in the right direction again, uh, the Eagles could find themselves sinking fast. And that's a a very, very good point. And I almost feel as though Sirianni might be, a placeholder guy, if that makes sense, a guy who's who's just going to be there for a few seasons until they hire somebody else when they're actually competitive and ready to win. This team is getting older. They are not the same team that won a Super Bowl a few years ago for obvious reasons. They have gotten very, very old. They have regressed in a number of positions. And right now, the Eagles are the only team that looks like they're taking steps backward while the remaining teams, Washington, Dallas, and also the Giants, are taking steps forward. They have made improvements. They have gotten younger at various positions. They have um, a lot more certainty at certain parts of their roster. And I think there's too much uncertainty clouding the answer of this Eagles team can be successful or not. And the last piece of regression here is exactly what I just said. Their offensive and defensive line, which was previously a strength during their Super Bowl run, is now turning into one of their bigger weaknesses. Across the board, all these guys are approaching 30 or over 30, looked sloppy last year, could not stay on the field and be fully healthy. Like, How much longer are Fletcher and Cox and Brandon Graham, who are fantastic defensive linemen, how much longer are they going to be playing at the level that we saw them at during that Super Bowl run. I'm not saying this year is going to be a drop-off, but guys like that, these talented, previously very, very talented players are starting to get older. And football is a sport where as you get older, your age really catches up to you quickly. You can go from being a great player to completely falling off the map just because of injuries, the amount of reps, the amount of hits that you've taken, finally catching up to you. So that overall regression has to be the just the age factor of this team is the biggest, biggest issue going into 2021. Yeah, uh, father time is undefeated, and you never quite know when a player's play, level of play, is going to just drop off of a cliff. I mean, uh, Giants fans, think back to 2010. Kareem McKenzie was the best right tackle in the NFL. In 2011, he was the worst. 
And really, it was just age that did it. Uh, we saw the same thing happen with Chris Snee, where he went from great to not great in really the ma- a matter of a season or two. It- it's rare that you can see players like just seemingly extend their careers until they're ready to end them on their own terms. And in the first half, we talked about how, you know, if the Eagles can be can get and stay healthy, their starters can still be effective. This is the other side to that coin, where just getting this aging and expensive roster to be on the field all at the same time is the trick. And this this really could be the biggest thing holding them back. That age factor certainly is going to be looming over this roster, and, and maybe that veteran presence is enough to help this team win some football games, but the constant issues of injuries that we saw last year seems to be the picture of the future for this Eagle team unless they start to get younger along the offensive line and along the defensive line. To wrap up today's show, Chris, I just want to share how we think that maybe the best and worst case this team can do in 2021 for me i see this team best case being just competitive and being the biggest nuisance in the nfc east that they can possibly be so instead of like in most divisions when you have a terrible team a team that's not good that they end up being a doormat i see this eagles team maybe going eight and nine nine and eight um seven and ten somewhere in that range not making the playoffs, but constantly being a problem for teams just because they're veteran-laden. Maybe Jalen Hurts, if he's playing well, they're able to spark some late comebacks and make some big plays at the end of games. I see them being a problematic team because of that. Worst case, though, for this team, and I guess best case, best case for the Giants, is them being that doormat. Jalen Hurts does not pan out. He struggles throughout the year. Joe Flacco has to come in and play. Devontae Smith maybe has a good year, but the rest of the roster is continually injury-ridden, and the writing is on the wall that they really need to start from scratch. So if this team, if, if those things happen, they're probably going to be a doormat. They're probably going to be a four- or five-win team if we saw a lot of what we saw last year coming into this season. Yeah, that, that's pretty much where I come down as well. You know, they do have some young players on the defense who could take, step, could take steps forward and kind of be that next wave of young defenders who give the Giants fits. Guys like Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett, they could come up and you know replace, you know, make Ryan Kerrigan and Brandon Graham the backups. But they have to prove that they can do that. You know, if the Eagles are able to stay healthy, if they can get their offensive line to be able to stay on the field, if they can get good play consistently good play out of Jalen Hurts, uh, get that connection with Devonta Smith, be able to use Jalen Rieger as that big play threat, uh, You know, get the same kind of play out of Travis Fulgham that we saw at the end of the year last year. If Sirianni is able to do for the Eagles offense what he did for the Colts offense, they can be a competitive team. They could be a spoiler. And if everything breaks perfectly, maybe they could even threaten from one of these wild card spots. But just the age and injury factor alone, that could wind up sinking them. Yeah, I don't ever want to think of the Eagles as a doormat because even in years where they're not good, particularly for the Giants, bad and weird things tend to happen when they play the Eagles. 
but they I think this team does have the biggest chance of being the one that loses and comes in fourth place in the NFC East. Yeah, certainly uh, I, I think the one takeaway that we can have here from this, this Eagles conversation is that it is a swinging pendulum for what we can see from this Eagles team, but things seem to be pointing in the direction of them struggling in 2021. Folks, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Stay tuned for more great content covering the New York Giants by hitting that subscribe button and leaving us a five-star review. Also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. Talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.